Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live, it is Buzzworthy Radio, where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite shows and stars. Buzzworthy, start now. This is Sam Jagger from Eli Stone, and uh, you're listening to Buzzworthy Radio. And it is Buzzworthy. Alright, welcome back you guys into our second program of the day. We were only supposed to have two programs and now it turned into three. So this is our second program of the day on VWR. It's still January fifth, two thousand nine. The day didn't change yet. It's gonna change in twelve hours from now. It's twelve PM Eastern time here on the new blogtalkradio.com. I'm still, I still can't get over how awesome the site looks. It's amazing. Um, I'm, I'm head over heels in love with it. So, you know, I'm going to be talking about it for like the rest of my days on this network. So, you know, it can't be helped. But the reason why we have a second show on for today is that we are now going to be joined by Mr. Joe Manganiello, who plays Owen of One Tree Hill, which New episodes of the show premiere tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on The CW. So make sure you guys check that out. He will be back on there doing some more episodes. He'll be on the episodes tonight. So uh, make sure you guys watch out for that. So that's going to be coming up. He's going to be calling in very shortly. We finally got that pinned down. (laughs) I'm happy about that. So um, Also, on our third show for tonight, we are going to be joined by Catherine Hickland, who played the role of Lindsay Rappaport on One Life to Live. Her character is now in jail, but since her character is in jail, she decided Catherine to keep herself busy by hosting her own Blood Talk radio show. So she has joined the ranks of being a part of our lovely community here, as well as the fact of also having her own book that you can purchase at Amazon.com, The Heartbreak Cure. So we are going to be talking with her tonight as well, about all those things and what else she's been up to lately. I mean, it, Catherine has a special uh, thing close to my heart because she was our first uh, celebrity guest on the show. And, you know, I always, I always have special regard to that show and to her personally. She's a very wonderful, personable woman. I love it. And I love her. You know, she's absolutely amazing and fantastic. So, now the first the first show when we had her on the on the program when she was our first guest, you know, it, it's very dear to my heart. And uh, I will keep saying that until my dying breath maybe. So it's it's absolutely fantastic for her to come back onto the show and having that, that high regard for her. So I'm absolutely I'm enjoying it. So I'm I'm very pleased with that that she's gonna be joining us again tonight. Um, also, this month, we're going to be joined by the writer and the star of My Bloody Valentine 3D um, that my co-host, Matthew Preston, was actually a stand-in for, and he was actually a stand-in for Jensen Ackles. You, if you see the promo of it, you'll probably only be able to see like five seconds of his face, and that's about it. So I want to make sure you guys uh, check that out as well. And Dan Geesling from Big Brother 10, the winner of Big Brother 10, will also be joining us on January 20th at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. But I see our guest is here. Let's bring him on the line, shall we? 
Joe, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm great, thanks. I'm great. Awesome, awesome. I was just I was just telling the fans that uh, the new the new episodes for One Tree Hill start up tonight at 9 p.m. Yep. on the CW, which I yes. hear you will also be on. So yes, I will. In the on the the ongoing saga that is uh, that that's going on right now uh, with Owen. Yes, the ongoing saga of Owen. Now, for those of you who don't know who Owen is, we had a caller actually um, in our last uh, segment talking about this, and she, she just got caught up with this season of One Tree Hill, so she, she's been like eight episodes behind. So for those people like that who basically are busy and have no other life but school and work and have no idea about the character of Owen yet, describe the character of Owen for us. Um, Owen's been on the show. Uh, this is my second season on the show, and uh, Owen is the on-again, off-again love interest of Brooke. And um, <clears throat> this season, things have uh, gotten a little bit crazy, especially in the, the last few episodes. Um, you know, Owen was uh, the sober bartender, and uh, that's in question. And uh, it's also in question uh, whether or not Brooke and Owen are now going to wind up together. Things from the last episode, the cliffhanger, uh, you know, leads you to believe that it might go off in a different direction. Right, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing it from all the fans everywhere that they, they're just like, you don't want Brooke and Owen together, Brooke and Julian. <laughs> it, it, it's just it's just a combating thing with the whole thing. I, I'm actually intrigued by it. I actually think that Brooke and Owen should get together, but I'll probably get hate mail at the end of this program. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it seems like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of Brooke and Owen fans out there, uh, I but I just I think that the, the stuff that's happened lately has kind of made things uh, um, made, made things made the situation a little sticky. Now, how did how did the role of Owen uh, come about for you on the show? Um, well, I had that, I had audition. You know, I live in Los Angeles, and uh, the audition you know came up for One Tree Hill, and I'd never. I'd never watched the show. Uh, you know, I'd heard of it, but I, I certainly, you know, really didn't know too much about it. And I went in and auditioned. Uh, I guess there were probably about 30, 30 guys that auditioned for it. And uh, after the first audition, they cut it down to there was two of us. It was me and another guy from Scotland, I think. And uh, and the two of us were the finalists, and and they wound up picking me. And it was uh, I was signed on for one episode with the possibility of more. Right. And tonight's episode will be my twelfth episode. So, it's wow, congratulations! Thanks. And you have an impressive uh, resume. You know, I was I was reading up on it on your official website, and I, I cannot believe everything that you've been in. And I mean, you, I can't count it on one hand, let alone say them all on one hand. And it's just, it's absolutely phenomenal. You start you you started your training at the Carnegie Mellon. School of Drama, which yep. I heard of, which is a really good school, and yeah. you've also you also done theater, done a lot of theater, and um, you are originally from Pittsburgh. Originally, yes, Pittsburgh. I am. This is my hometown. Go Steelers! Nice. My co-host, who is not here with us now since his phone died, is actually from Pittsburgh, so he was actually <laughs> in, he was actually intrigued by that. So yeah, I I, I didn't even know it at the time. I said. Man, we got a lot of people on from Pittsburgh. That's amazing. <laughs> and you've done a lot of a lot of television work. You did um, 
I never said Scrubs and CSI and um, So Notorious, which I really thought that was a good show. By the way, was, I love So Notorious. It was a it was a great show. It was really funny, and I thought of all the kind of the shows that poke fun at LA. I thought that one was was pretty dead on. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's too bad it didn't. It didn't uh, wind up on the air longer, but it's funny to mention, you know, you mentioned Carnegie Mellon, and uh, um, there were three other Carnegie Mellon grads on that show with me. So it was basically Tori Spelling and then four Carnegie Mellon kids. So um, we're definitely out there, and there's, it's good to know that there's a, a market out there for, you know, classically trained theater actors in Hollywood. Now, doing doing theater and, and, and television and, and the movies, um, out of those three um, genres, which one do you prefer, if you can pick? Like, do you have, like, a specific uh, one that you like doing more than anything else? or I like them for different reasons. Um, I love film and television because you, you can do things in film and television that you can't do on stage or in theater. I mean, I can't, I can't play slam ball. You know, in theater, um, I just got done last night. Um, I'm actually here in Pittsburgh right now. We had the Pittsburgh premiere last night of my new movie, Behind Enemy Lines, Columbia, which hits, yes. DVD, which hits DVD tomorrow. And um, and, and, and that's, uh, you know, that's an action movie, like a straight-up Navy SEAL action movie. And once again, you know, you can't run around with guns shooting at Colombians on stage. I mean, you could do it. <laughs> millions of dollars to put up. So so there's, there's there's things that I love about film and television that I get the opportunity to do, but uh, there's nothing, nothing like that live audience. And I really think that theater is what, as far as actors go, it's what separates the men from the boys. I mean, you can right. take, give them two or three lines, film it, and they can flub it or mess it up and shoot it again. But you give somebody a 108-page play like Streetcar Named Desire and, you know, give them a week of rehearsal and, you know, I'd, I'd like to see the average LA actor put that up. It just, it just can't, it can't work that way. And, and then also you get that live audience. You get that interface, that, that feed off of them. And man, right. it's a, it's a rush. There is nothing. Even you can't, you can't sleep when you get done with the show. I mean, you stay awake till five in the morning. You cannot go to sleep because you have that rush. You know that adrenaline. It's, uh, it's, it's real. It's amazing. It's an amazing, amazing thing. Right. And, and on live theater, if you mess up, everyone's going to see it. You know, there's no retakes. You know, yeah. if you mess yeah. up on live theater, everybody's going to see it, and it's just like, oh, crap, what am I supposed to do now? I sure. That kind of thing for me, and that, that's really fun. And like you said, it's a rush for, for that kind of uh, experience. Well, yeah, it, it's tightrope walking without a net, you know, and that's why people pay to go to theater. I mean, you're watching these, these people up, you know, 50 feet up off of the ground with no net, you know, and uh, – and film, film does have that net. Um, but, you know, to come from a training, you know, a background that I came from or, or come from classical theater, um, you know, somebody was asking me, what happens when actors screw up on set or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, my answer was, you don't screw up. You know, do not, you know, you, you don't. And that's, you know, kind of something that you learn from theater. Exactly. Now, there was something I, I had read that um, I thought was very, very interesting. Besides an actor, you're also a stunt actor. Is that correct? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I want to say, I want to make it clear, I'm not a stunt man. I have a stunt man. Uh, his name's Oliver Keller. He's a guy from, uh, he's from Switzerland, and he's been doing my stunts since Spider-Man back in, uh, well, when we filmed it in 2001. So, um, 
and, and he's a stunt man. He is crazy. He'll do anything. And I mean, and he's trained and, and, and to, to take, you know, jump off buildings and deal with explosions and, you know, crazy, crazy stuff that could, you know, potentially harm me and, and therefore shut down production. So, but, but I am an actor that comes from an athletic background. I get cast in a lot of athletic parts, whether parts, whether it's, you know, doing, you know, shooting slam ball or, you know, running around, you know, in this Navy SEAL movie. Um, and so because of that background, I can wind up doing a lot of my own stunts, which in turn helps production because, you know, you, they, can, um, they can, you know, shoot things a little bit closer, shoot it from different angles and catch my face doing these stunts. And, uh, you know, it helps the, the editing process. So, um, so I do a lot of my own stunts, but, you know, I am not, I'm not quote unquote a stunt man. My my stunt double, he's a stunt man. He's, you know, he's. I mean, he, they're they're a different breed. Okay. Yeah, because I was like wondering, and I was like, wow, he also does his own stunts too. So I was like, I it's not thought that that was so cool, but yeah. You have yeah, I do. Stunt, but I do a lot of like you know the fights and the things like that that I can pull off. I mean, uh, you know, the, my new movie has a uh, huge knife fight in it at the end, and that was something that you know because of my background I could. Um, I could do. I could do on my own. They wanted to use the stunt doubles, but because I could, you know, pull it off, then, then you know, I get to do it, which means I have more work to do, but right. um, but it means that I kind of have a, you know, fuller, more fun experience at the end of the day. Exactly. More training. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah, more. <laughs> now, did you want to be an actor growing up? Is this your passion that you wanted to get into at a younger age, or did you have something else that you wanted to do in mind? Um, I think, you know, when I was a little kid, I, I think I wanted to be a, like a race car driver because I had seen speed racer cartoons. And then uh, and then when I found out you don't jump out of your car and beat people up and, and recover stolen gold and get back in your car, <laughs> when I realized that's not what racing is all about. I kind of lost interest um, but then getting older, uh, you know, I was always an athlete. Um, you know, I played football, basketball, and volleyball, you know, um, in, in high school, uh, high school level, and I uh, could have played them in, in college. Um, but, um, uh, and I think somewhere in college I was kind of figuring, okay, I'm going to go play sports, and I wanted to study something in law enforcement. I thought I had a cousin in the FBI, and I was starting to look into, you know, doing that. Um, but uh, we had a high, we had a TV studio at my high school, which back in those days was unheard of. We didn't have right. G4 computers. I mean, you know, editing bays and, and, and those TV directing bays were these huge things that took up entire rooms. Um, and, uh, and and I loved it. I got to borrow these cameras and I'd write little scripts for me and my friends, and we'd go film movies on the weekends and edit them together and put on soundtracks. And, and that was really um, the first thing I was really passionate about. It was my first love. I mean, it was my first real love. And, right. um, and from there, that made me start thinking, okay, maybe I need to stop making fun of these black turtleneck-wearing, you know, thespian kids. And um, <laughs> maybe I need to start taking – maybe I should take an acting class. So as a senior in high school, I took the freshman-level freshman acting classes. So it was these little freshman kids and then me, giant, this giant senior in the class, doing these breathing exercises and all this weird stuff. But – that's kind of how it started, and then I wound up getting a scholarship to uh, to go to Carnegie Mellon, which was, wow. you know, I mean, such an, an honor and such a, a shot in the dark. There were 800 people that tried out my year, and they took uh, 17 actors, 
Um, and, and I was one of them. So, I mean, that's, it was such a, such an honor to do that. And then, you know, I made it through all four years and people don't make it through all four years. So, um, you know, I made it through that and, and the rest is, is kind of history, but, um, yeah, I just kind of fell onto it and realized, you know, it was, it was love at first sight. And, and that was it. I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, come hell or high water. Exactly. And that story alone is just like inspirational. It's just like, if you really, want to do something that you feel like you love and it, it, it's your passion, just go for it. No matter how late in life you think it is that you're getting into it, go ahead and go for it, you know. It's, it's a tough, it's a really tough business. I mean, it is, you know, and, you, and that's kind of what, you know, people always oh, it's such a tough business. But, you know, for me, um, you know, the word love or, or being in love with something, it just means that you're willing to fight for it. Exactly. And, uh, and, that's, and that's just how I feel about about acting, about about filmmaking, about you know the whole process, the uh, you know the the ensemble, the camaraderie, the backstage stuff, the offsets. The, I mean, I love it. I love being around it. I, I love being there. And um, and you know when times are rough, it's like I, I love it enough to keep fighting for it. Exactly. And I like that. I like that answer. Very good. Um, did do you have any any actors that you um, looked up to? that inspire you? Yeah, I did. When um when I first, you know, started acting, uh Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman has always been my favorite actor, just hands down. I mean that guy has just uh you know continually transformed himself and I mean especially when he was younger, man, that guy was a rock star. You know, I mean I just just he was so alive, um and, and such a maniac in his parts. You know, I, I was just I you know, you can't take your eyes off the guy, whether it was playing Sid uh, Sid Vicious and Sid Nancy or, you know, Dracula or Beethoven in Immortal Beloved or Drexel and True Romance. I mean that guy just the the span of parts that he played and, and the the creativity that he brought to it and the vibrancy, um I really I loved that guy. I re- and I still do. I mean, you look at him in the Batman and how he's kind of uh, you know reinvented himself in Harry Potter and and kind of uh, you know turned into this kind of older man, but but still doing some really interesting stuff. Um, I love that guy. Um, you know, and of course, you know, I grew up watching Brando and James Dean, and yeah. you know, it's funny to watch. Funny to watch those guys when you're younger and kind of idolize them, and then you grow up and realize, like I idolized this like crazy 400 pound weirdo guy, you know, like who lives on an <laughs> island alone and I'm idolizing this crazy guy who is miserable and sitting outside the church of his like, ex-girlfriend who's getting married and then crashes his car. <laughs> like, Wait a minute. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe I shouldn't idolize these guys so much, you know, it always, uh, always scares me at the girls that have, you know, I go and you know, meet a girl and you're over at an apartment or something and, She's got all these Marilyn Monroe posters all over the place. And you just kind of look at her and you're like, do you really understand what you're idolizing right now? These people are crazy. They're crazy, you know. So, um, but, you know, I think uh, Gary Oldman's aging well. And if he's somebody that I can, I don't know, he's probably a safe bet to stick around for a while. And that segues into my next question. Do you have any actor or actress that you like to work with? In, in any in any medium. Oh, if I could pick anybody, I mean, well, I mean, I, I think Kate Blanchett is the best actress going right now. I think I love she's her. she's a, God, she's amazing. I mean, did you see uh, Benjamin Button? Yes. Oh. She's, I mean, she I didn't think I would actually movie. like that movie. To be quite honest with you. 
Yeah. <laughs> no offense, Brad Pitt, but <laughs> no, she's amazing. I mean, and, and how she, and how smart she is, and how much of an understanding she has of of human nature. I mean, when she plays the girl in her twenties, it's like that's every girl I've ever met in her twenties. You know, and, and then the older woman. I mean, just the the amount of grace and, and ease that she has. I mean, she's uh, she's amazing. So obviously, yeah, I think she's great. Um, Elizabeth Banks. She's in uh, she's in Zach and Miri make a porno, and uh, she's okay. okay. Uh, but she, um, I, every time I see her, man, I laugh. I think she is fantastic, whether it's dramatic or or comedic. And um, yeah, she's somebody that that I definitely I think would have a lot of fun. Uh, working with, and, you know, aside from that, um, you know, as far as the guys go, I mean, obviously, you know, Gary Oldman, that would be great, um, but, you know, I, I, uh, I'm a big, like, Mel Gibson fan. I know that's kind of probably, you know, I could probably take flack for saying that, but, I mean, I, I just, I, I love that guy's body work, and, and uh, um, you know, uh, so I, I like those uh, those man's men. I like Eric Bana. I like Russell Crowe. Uh, I like those, you know, those kind of throwback old school tough guys. Oh, pretty cool. Very, very cool. Now, um, do you have, I don't know if you know anything of what's to come with your character on One Tree Hill with Owen or not that you can give us. Do you have anything that you can well, I don't, uh, leak? I don't give away what happens on tonight's episode. Um, that's, that's the one thing. I don't, I don't want to give that away. Um, but, you have to uh, watch. I, after, but I will say that because of the events that happened last episode and this episode, because of that, uh, I will be, Owen will be taking a break for a few episodes on One Tree Hill, but uh, I've been assured by uh, the show creator, Mark Schwann, that Owen is just taking a break, and then I will come back, Owen will come back, uh, but we're not sure what he's going to be doing and who he's going to be doing it with. Mm. That's interesting. So, in other words, you have to watch tonight. Oh, you, you guys. have. Yes, you got to watch tonight. <laughs> you got to watch. That, that's the that's the final answer. Tune in you tonight to, to find out. Do you have anything else um, in the works as far as besides Winter Hill? Do you, are you doing anything else? Do you have any other uh, movies that were pitched and everything? Yeah, um, you know, Winter Hill. Um, I I I was recurring on the show Till Death with Brad Garrett, uh, the yeah. sitcom. And uh, there's an episode, I have an episode of that that hasn't aired yet, uh, but I'm not exactly sure when that's going to happen. Um, and then, of course, tomorrow, Tuesday, January 6th, is the DVD release of my new movie that is starring uh, Behind Enemy Lines, Columbia, which is uh, you know pretty badass, old-school action movie. And there's also some, some stuff in there I think that the average One Tree Hill fan would, would like, too. So... Um, so that's that comes out tomorrow. So I'm really excited about that. You started that movie with Mr. Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Kennedy was my right hand man in the. Uh, nice. In the yeah. <laughs> Which is fun because I'm a big wrestling fan and always have been. So, um, so yeah, it was cool to hang out with him and uh, get to know him. And there's another uh, Carnegie Mellon actor in there named Yancey Arias. He plays uh, my my nemesis, my Colombian nemesis, and Stephen Bauer from Scarface is in it, Keith David from, from Platoon, and There's Something About Mary, and Men at Work, he's in it. And then it was directed by Tim Matheson from Animal House and Fletch and West Wing, and he's also in it. So there's some uh, some great, you know, older heavyweight actors and some uh, 
you know, some good young up-and-comers. So it's a, it's a really fun movie. That's really good. And I see you've done some guest spots on, besides the, uh, the drama shows, you also, like you said, Till Death, which is a comedy. Is comedy yes. harder than drama, like everybody says it is? Yes, yes, it is. It's, it's much more precise. Uh, some of the smartest people I've ever met in entertainment work in comedy. Those people are geniuses. They're magicians. They know how to, they know how to elicit a response from, from, from another human being. They know what to say to make someone laugh. They know what to say to make mm-hmm. someone cry. I mean, they're, they're just they're geniuses. And you clearly can't mess around with those words. You can't ad lib. You can't. You know, you really have to stick to it. Is stick to, to what's on the page. Those words have been scrutinized. And and then you also have to throw into that. There's that thing that people call timing. Timing. That, you know, right. that can't be taught. It's kind of this internal, this internal mechanism that that this instinct that you know kind of tells you how to pause things out and space things out, and it's just kind of this intangible thing that you have to mix with this intense, rigorous, uh, you know, technical work. So yeah, comedy's comedy's tricky, man. It really, it really is. You have to work harder at the comedy, I think, than uh, you can be a little dirtier. With uh, with drama, you can kind of kind of you know mumble it out or slough it up a little bit and dirty it up, but you can't really do that. With comedy, has to be clean, precise, and sharp. I'd times. be I'd be very nervous to do a comedy show because I'm just not that funny. I mean, <laughs> I, I you know I mean I hey well hey you laugh so I must be funny. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, for some of it, especially till death. Till death is a live audience. So once again, you know, you got to get out there and do it in front of a crowd. You know. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like if you don't get that laughter, then it's just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yep. Probably yep. like probably like the cleanest word I could use was just the word was just that word. I couldn't <laughs> come up with anything cleaner than that. But but you, you got to have the chops for comedy. I think. I, I honestly, I don't think I do. But hey, I heard differently. So, but if you got it. Use it. That's all I'll say. And once again, I think that's something that uh, I was prepared for by uh, by by doing theater, coming from theater. I'm used to being up in front of an audience, and I'm used to making decisions, and you know, and, and making choices and sharp choices and things. And I think that that is that education is certainly well in in comedy, for sure. Exactly. Very exactly. So before we before we uh, let you uh, go for the reins here, I can't believe time flew by in this half hour. Um, since you are our uh, actually second guest of the new year, we never had you'll be like our first guy to do a uh, stinger for us. Uh, would you like to record a stinger for our show? Yeah, let's do it. All right, you can say something along the lines of "Hi, this is so and so," and you are listening to Buzzworthy Radio. You can put your own spin on it. Doesn't have to be like like that. You know, you can improvise it however you want. Right on. Cool. All right. Hey, yeah. Uh, Hey, this is Joe Manganiello, and you're listening to Buzzworthy Radio. I like it. I like it, sir. And for those of you who are listening out there, check out One Tree Hill tonight. New episodes start tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on the CW. Joe is back as Owen, so you better you better watch. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Find out what happens with, with Owen and Millie. Ooh. And find out... Why he's going on the break? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> did, did you have a good time? Did you have a good time on the show? 
Oh, man, yeah, it's a blast. I, I love it. I mean, I, and I love the character. I mean, I love what they, you know, I mean, obviously the past couple of episodes, I read those scripts and kind of went, oh, no, come on, man. You know, but, uh, but yeah, oh. man, I, I have a blast. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, it's like just hang out with pretty girls all day. And, you know, <laughs> Where do I sign up for that, by the way? Be people, <laughs> be people up and, you know, save lives and be this hero and, you know, yeah, it's just, come on, man, it's, it's so cool. It's great. Yeah, I repeat, where do I sign up for that job? You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> where do I send my headshots to? Who do I send my headshots to, right? <laughs> I, know, I know. So, seriously, yeah. I mean, I, I had no idea, really. I mean, I, I was, you know, I, I'd never really watched the show, and then I found out, you know, I, once I once I got there and was like, oh, geez, wow, okay, I, I can do this. This is cool. You know, and then yeah. you kind of find out about the fan base and you find out how passionate all those fans are and you just, wow, oh my, you know, oh, okay, yeah. this is, this is, you know, this is, this is a whole a One Tree Hill world out there I had I had no idea about, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's been great. It's probably been one of the, been one of the highlights of my career for sure, for sure. Absolutely. Well, we're going to be looking out for you on the show and definitely when uh, the character of Owen comes back, so, and we'd love to have you back on the show anytime. Absolutely. Thank you. Anytime, man. This is a blast. This is so fun. And uh, sorry about the time mix-up. I know we were... Hey, we were kind of, you know, it happens. You know, that, welcome to the world of entertainment, folks. That's how it is. That's how it is, man. I understand it completely. Don't worry. All right, man. We'll be out for you. Take Thanks care. Time, Good talking to you. All right, you guys. We are going to be back on again, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Captain Hicklin will be joining us. 9 p.m. Eastern Time, Captain Hicklin. Yes, I'm repeating myself. Captain Hicklin, 9 p.m. Captain Hicklin, 9 p.m. <laughs> 9 p.m. Eastern Time tonight on Buzzworthy Radio. Captain Hicklin, who formerly played Lindsay Rappaport on One Life to Live, will be joining us. That's our show today. We'll see you guys at 9 p.m. Get the latest buzz with Buzzworthy Radio. Take care.